1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge cycling podcast for a sad recap of the Giro d'Italia stage 11 2023. One of these sprint transitional days in wet conditions and people have been talking about the attritional nature of this race. We've had a lot of abandonments. The rate of abandonments is up to 35 now and it's not just like Guys getting sick. There's just crashes all over the place uh, and it is sickness as well. But yeah, this has been a tough race so far and we haven't even had a proper mountain stage. So yeah, I will say up front, I'm a little bit despondent, um, not necessarily yep. anyone's fault, but yeah, it it sucks uh, what happens in this stage. But anyway, 220Ks from Kamiore to Tortona, not the freezing conditions of yesterday, they are on the near the coast mostly, uh, and they did three major climbs. Well, not major, but three climbs of note: ten k's four and a half percent descent, thirty um, uh, k in the valley, nine k's four percent slow false flat descent in the Paso de la Castagnola, five k's four and a half percent sharp descent, and then a sort of. Oh, 40K, 38K roll into the finish in Tortona inland, going up there towards Milan or Turin, I think. They skirted Genoa today. This, Benji, I did a long spiel yesterday about how <laughs> this should be a break stage, and I pointed at multiple teams. Age 2 r Bora with Hummels and Conrad, Astana to get Velasco in so they don't have to chase, Movistar so they don't have to chase like yesterday with Verona, FDJ with Stuart, EF with Betiol. I pointed at all these teams and I was wrong. Very, very wrong.
0: Yeah, but when I, when we look at
1: the parkour,
0: I feel like the gradients also signified it wasn't the steepest climbs in the first place. So we're looking at that and then I'm like, after the stage, I feel like we had the discussion again after the podcast and we're like, could this be a sprint stage knowing that the grades are only 4% and then the reasoning that you went to the breakaway is because the stage before was so bloody tough in the first place. So that's a factor. That being said, we had a breakaway, like you said, but it certainly did not include one of my picks because he DNF'd before the stage started. Got the nail together with three teammates from Quickstep, so that is three riders left for Quickstep, but Emko was out already. Hirt, Cataneo, Czerny and Vervake are all out. So Von Wilder is left. And Ballerini. And another member, which is Von Wilder. So that's what left for Quickstep. Desfation Vendrame, and Kaiseido are also there. It was a bit of a discussion instantly when that popped up about Quickstep being that they, on purpose, pull out their team for the Tour de France and so forth. But based on the fact that it was said to be for COVID and based on the fact that Remco clearly had COVID, when they said he went out of the race for COVID, and the factor that Patrick Lefebvre now is saying that Remco is definitely not riding the Tour de France, that I, I'm pretty sure we got to believe the fact that these riders went out with COVID. But hey, that's, once again, a lot of riders out, here eh? would And would with like 10 riders?
1: Why would Clickstep fake yeah. h- their team being sick? To that makes no sense. Guys that have... Also, not it's not just Remco that, go, that goes to altitude and trains, by the way. Seven other people on the team for all the other teams train. It's not just the GC leader that sacrifices, is away from home, is weighing all the food, doing all the training. And they're not going to go to the tour, all seven of them, or five of them, because they have <laughs> Merlier, Jakobsen, Alaphilippe, etc. So to think that they would just frivolously abandon the race, what? To go and sit in isolation with Remco, I don't think so. So they're obviously sick and got COVID or whatever. So that's a shame. Yeah. And I missed out one team. Alperson Groves has been sick. Yeah. Oldani's Italian. He's won the stage from the break before in the Giro. And I thought they got to get in the break. And the reason why I thought is these sprint teams are on their knees. Like... They are flat out chasing two guys all day on stage seven or whatever it was. They're flat out and couldn't chase three guys yesterday. They're flat out chasing one guy today, Lawrence Rex. And at the end, it's because it's basically Trek look good. Okay, you got Trek and Trek makes sense. Go for Pedersen. Astana and... Movistar, they don't have that much firepower. So, really, if all these other teams get together and really attack, I know it's a flat start. But if seven strong guys get in this break, it's never coming back. And Jayco, too. I would have liked to have seen maybe Bling try and get in the break because I really, I don't, Bling is not yeah. competitive against these guys in a flat, fast sprint. The uphill sprint was different. Anyway, that break, Benji, did you read out the break? I did not read out the break yet, I said exactly. who was not in
0: it, but who is in it is quite important as well. You said Laurenz Zerix. that was the, He's good. the strongest rider in the break, let's be honest about it. But also Thomas Champion, who's been in the break quite a few times for confidence here. He was the legendary attacker on Campo Imperatore from the peloton, never forget. Filippo Magli for uh, Bardiani was also in there. Sevilla for Aiolo and two routes from Koratek, which is Konishev and Stoinich. Stoinich taking all like the sprints throughout the entire route, so he was pretty keen on getting that, but for the rest, this break was kind of not the attention we were focusing on during this stage, because unfortunately there was a lot of shit happening, and we've seen the weather conditions yesterday, the rainy weather conditions, obviously has its effect in the descends, we saw a crash yesterday with Vine, he said after the race that the cold was what affected him the most, and that it might have affected his handling because once your fingers are frozen and so forth, it's hard to to break in descends, you know, like... I climbed up my fourth major climb last week and our my fingers were so frozen I stopped every kilometer over the descent because I was terrified I wouldn't be able to break. So then again I should have gotten gloves. That well, that's being what said, he
1: told me. He basically crashed at walking pace. He was yeah. just trying to turn and just like his hands couldn't feel his hands, I think. Whew. And was just fell fell over. Um and was cooked. So yeah, it's it's tough and I think this is where those stages that equipment really makes a difference. Like the teams that have the best equipment, and by that I mean clothing, yeah. it does make a real, really big difference. Um, if you have the best rain jacket possible, as you saw with Gaviria, it ruined his whole and Movistar's whole yeah. race. Whatever they were doing, faffing about with jackets or gloves, um, maybe that was just his fault, not the not the materials' fault. But Ineos and Jumbo seemed actually pretty fine in the freezing cold yesterday, but today it was still wet, not as cold as I said. I'll be honest, I saw this break of six-go, went to the mountains for some R&R in disgust. <laughs> and you came back in more disgust. Well, no, then I, I, then I still came back, had lunch, still hadn't flicked it on. Then I watched the Mets get steamrolled <laughs> by the Rays last night. Even more disgusting. What um, sport Mets is fan? that? Like Cricket? Baseball, baseball. Oh, fuck. American cricket. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. And then suddenly... Um, my phone blows up Crash uh, And I've added myself here But obviously I then tune in immediately There's a left hand bend The second climb of the day Trekker pacing on the front It's not that stressful It's not like There's still a few guys to abreast But there's painted yeah. lines It's wet Covey in the bend I think he hits the Hits the white painted line I didn't see him pedal strike Although we only have a heli shot Thomas is behind him This is the order Covey, Thomas, Roglic, Teo, Sivakov, and Aaron's middle de plus. Pick one. Covey um, <laughs> goes down. Thomas straight over him. Nothing he could do. Probably had no time to react. Just straight yeah. over him. Roglic, Teo. I mean, am I am I going to do the big disc break? Luke, My uh, oh, <laughs> Luke, no. the producer, is going to go crazy if I do a big disc break um, take. I'll do it anyway. Uh, Roglic and Teo smash the brakes. If you do that in the wet, also, you could, if you smash the brakes with rim brakes, it happens too in the wet. But they sm- let's just say the dish brakes caused it. I don't really believe that, <laughs> but let's just say. Come it. on. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it, but it's, yeah. Anyway, they've got to make light of something. They smash the brakes, nothing they could do. They wash out too. Roglic slides into the ditch. Thomas is into the ditch. Sivakov behind slid out into the ditch. Tom, uh, Gagenhart is over the front wheel down hard and doesn't move. And I was like, fuck, did he hit his head? Cause he had a year yeah. uh, basically taken from concussion because he crashed in the Dauphiné 2021, I think. Yep. And that really affected him. And, you know, concussion is, is serious and can linger for a long time. And i wait for the Luke to check up what has actually happened with him, but he does not move, Benji. And, I mean I'm not it, this sort of things inevitable I don't think it's necessarily Covey's fault I don't think us did the wrong thing not being in front it's just these things happen in these wet stages It's it's really unfortunate and it has
0: such a major effect on the race because it's starting off with just Covey crashing but all these GC riders are in the same position fighting for positions at the front in the peloton in that descent so it washes away a lot of them, and we could have lost all three today, but we're losing Heart here at this moment in this crash, and he's had an amazing Giro. If you look at the start from where he came from, let's say the start when he won the Giro, that's when he was a very good climber in week three, Pianca Valo and so forth, but his time trial wasn't necessarily there. They had it a bit of an me. off
1: year. What, sorry? His time trial was mid. Oh, I thought
0: you said his time trial was me, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, now his time trial is like actually really bloody good. He's up there with some of the better time trialists when he came to G C riders in this giro. And he's been up there every single day except for the one day where he had that crash and lost 90 seconds or was was caught up in the crash. Um and to be fair, he would have been in the Malia Rosa if it wasn't for that before this stage, right?
1: Yeah, he would have been in the Malia. I think that he would have been ahead of Thomas by 17 seconds or so. Um, It really sucks. Like, Remco was one thing, and that was a huge problem for the race. I then personally thought Tao was the real big threat against Roglic. Like, in terms of his climbing level, he could probably just beat Roglic in the final TT.
0: Tread towards Almeida, you're you're mispronouncing his name. Nah, now this
1: opens things up for Almeida a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. He's in a contract year. I don't know what that situation is, whether he has an extension already with Ineos or what's going on, but this certainly doesn't help. Of course, health is most important, but the reality is he was on for a podium at the Giro, at worst, I think, if he stays upright. Yeah. At worst. So Really sucks for him. Sucks for Ineos. Rogovic gets a bike from Bowman. He continues on. Thomas is straight back up. Aronson's fine. Dipluos is fine. Sivakov, I saw reports, was in really bad shape. Yeah. And I'm waiting to see if he finished th- the stage. He did. I think Sivakov he did. finished 14 minutes down, uh, three minutes behind Covey. So he was nearly the last... He was in the last four riders. Um. So it remains to be seen how Sivakov is too. Yeah, but immediately like
0: in a bloody sprint stage, we see that Ineos' five members in GC are basically decapitated to to three riders of which the actual value, which was having both Kagan Hart and Thomas up there in GC is demolished now because now they can't really roll attacks that easily because Jumbo won't be so scared if the plus goes up the road compared to if it Thomas and Hart start attacking him, so I think this completely changes that, that pressure that anyone else can put on other teams. That being said, I wasn't sure they were going to do it anyway, because I was expecting them to ride defensively regardless, but it's really unfortunate
1: still. That's the real shame, because I really wanted to see what they would do, like would they actually prove me wrong and do something interesting or different with Thomas and Gagan Hart. Yeah. Now we'll talk about after the pod. We'll continue. We'll talk about what Enios should do now and what we see for GC yeah. after the uh, at the end of the pod. But anyway, next climb, the last climb of the day. Jayco come to the front, pace really hard with Zana. Not just like oh, let's maybe drop Cavendish, but it split the group a bit. Cav yeah. was dropped. I don't know where Milan was. Pedersen was there, fine, no problem. They were trying to thin it out for Matthews and. They did thin it out, but they didn't have the team to come to bring it back together, which was interesting to me because Trek didn't help them afterwards. Now, I know they've been pacing all day, but Cav was off the back. As I said, I don't know where Milan was or Gaviria. I thought Trek might come to the front. That goes nowhere. Meanwhile, <clears throat> in the break, our man, Lawrence Rex, makes a good fist of it from Antemarche. Now, in Andalusia, I think, or Valenciana, one, I think Andalusia, he was in a break and in a headwind and... Yep. Dropped a bont off the wheel. He's like a really strong ruler. Done well at Roubaix. And as I said, if there were people that went with him, if he had two guys helping him, I think the break wins this stage. But he didn't... He's caught by Movistar pacing. Oscar Rodriguez had already had a nasty crash on a descent. He abandoned the race too. They were pacing for Gaviria and Trek were pacing for Pedersen, but he was in check. They kind of let him dangle a little bit. They eventually caught him at 5Ks to go with the uh, GC... Actually, less, sorry. They caught him under 3Ks to go. The the GC teams caught him pacing uh, Ineos mainly for keeping Thomas safe. Then, there's another crash. Now, I haven't really seen what caused it. I think a Movistar or DSM rider crashed. It was like in front of Thomas. Then it cut away, and it's... It's funny because normally, not funny, but not ha-ha funny, but more curious funny. <laughs> normally in sprint stages, they linger on the crash too long. This time, I swear we didn't. We saw an overhead crash and then just bang, straight back to sprint. It's like, yeah. Thomas, did he crash or what?
0: Maybe they just didn't have the footage because I think Luca, producer, was analyzing the footage and the helicopter was a bit too far to the front. The motorbike didn't really see it. So... I'm not sure they had the footage to show us in the first place. But that being said, would have been nice to see the footage. Then we would have known what had happened in the crash. I think we almost missed mentioning that there was another crash on the descent where Gegenhard crashed, which was Oscar Rodriguez who rode into that traffic sign yeah, and then hit the side of a building who was also out of the race. So that's multiple riders once again out of the race due to crashes as well next to the, the abandonments already by COVID. But you said it. There's so many teams now trying to figure out the sprint then I was kind of surprised that Trek didn't push through when Jayco split up the group, but there was one light point right there. We've spoken about him once before in this podcast, but Almeida was in a good position on that split. He was in the front group. That never happens. I was shocked.
1: Yeah, the gods are looking favorably upon Almeida. We have blessed him, I guess. And yeah, again, in the split afterwards, three kilometer rule is going to apply. Caruso did make the front group with the sprinters. I can't see any Yumbo or Ineos, but I presume they're going to get given the same time. Um, PCS is saying that they are. So yeah, they're all given the same time. Sprint though, right-hander at 500, 450 to go. Downhill little section with 250 to go and then goes back to being flat. Wet patches on the road, wide enough. We've got Ackerman in the group. Cavendish, this is his best chance to take his first win for Astana. Pedersen, Milan, Aldani, Groves has been dropped. He's 6 so Alpson really should have gone for the breakaway. And Kirsch is doing the last lead out for Pedersen for Trek. Go right, through, goes through the corner. Gibbons is there as well for Ackerman. Pedersen's laying off Kirsch's wheel. And, and the corner's not at 250. Like, it's not one of these ones where you come out, the lead-out man gets you back up to speed and then you sprint at 175, like yeah. out of the corner. It's still a long way to go, even with the downhill section. Yeah. It's a long time. It's like 30 seconds to the finish. And I think Pedersen should have let will go because his other option is jumping way too early. And it's what Merku did sort of, un in, in, oh, Unintentionally, with uh, García Cortina in the Tour de France 2021 when he's leading out Cavendish. Instead, he doesn't. He yeah, and gets back on the wheel.
0: It turns into this weird situation where Gibbons is doing the lead out for Ackerman after this, and Ackermann loses the wheel of Gibbons, I think intentionally, because Gibbons goes off into, I don't know if I should call it a reverse lead out, because I think both were unaware of it happening. <laughs> So Gibbon started riding a bit in front of the other riders and we get this like weird moment where there's no one really picking up the tempo and was there a certain rider or lead out that then shot out to try and launch someone else? Because I felt like it took quite a bit until we got to someone launching.
1: Pedersen just jumps way too early. Like I know he is a long sprinter, but 200 is pretty different to 300, 320. He jumps really, really early and costs himself... Any chance of winning this sprint. He's got Cavendish right in the wheel, in the pocket. I'm thinking, if Cav, this is his chance. He's in a perfect draft. You can't even see him behind Pedersen. He's going to lead him out to 175. Milan's nowhere. Tenth wheel. Ackerman's not been that quick for two, three years. Cav comes out of the wheel looking good, getting aero. Ackerman comes out of his wheel. There's enough space on the barrier. He looks like he's overlapping Cav and coming past Cav. The finish line's not coming quick enough. Milan, we saw on the right, suddenly he's back on the left. And it looks like Ackerman comes past Cavendish. And then when it pans to Milan, Milan finishes way faster. It looked like he nailed Ackerman on the line, but Ackerman was convinced he'd won, a bit too convinced. (laughs) But the photo proved him right. He won the photo finish if it had been a metre further. He loses this race, which is crazy. And, yeah, congrats to Pascal Ackerman. He has had a a tough time of it, I would say, since joining UAE Team Emirates. He hasn't won a Grand Tour stage since he was on Bora Hansgrohe in 2020. In 2021, he didn't win a World Tour race. Uh, Sorry, he did win a World Tour race. He won Polonia last year when Milano let him out. But he's not the last since i mean has he won a tour stage has he ever won a tour stage i don't think akerman has no. ever won a Tour
0: de france stage you had the giro where he completely obliterated everyone and took the chiclamino jersey or oh uh, yeah he took the chiclamino jersey in 2019 then yeah. he did the vuelta and won two stages there in 2020 if i recall correctly yeah. one of which was bennett being DQ'd ahead of him which Got me relegated, to, no, which got me blocked by Quickstep on Twitter that day. Remember, with like
1: I remember. me,
0: I, I posted like a a, a picture of like a, a a truck with salt on it for to say that they were salty about Bennett getting DQ'd, and I got blocked for a day. So anyway, that's that's a very long story in the past day of this podcast. But anyway, you're right. It's a it's a bit of a comeback when it comes to Ackerman because I would have said a few weeks ago that he wasn't looking that great, and in this race he seems to have found himself in some shape or form, but I'm also not that impressed that I'm going to shout him out for every single sprint now. He has good climbing when it comes to sprinting and he's up there with the the top five sprinters, but I will say Milan was a sprinter today. His position was shit. There was a bit of a, a debacle afterwards because apparently there was some rumor for relegation for Milan because in the last 700 meters, he takes his hands off his bars and gently pushes a Jayco rider to create space, and well, there was some discussion there, but supposedly, there's no relegation from what I heard last, thanks to our Luke producer at the moment.
1: Well, I mean, the Milan Sanremo winner did the same thing and nothing happened, so it kind of depends if it's uh, on the intent of it, I think. I think if you if you touch them to let them know not to keep moving further into you, you don't actually push them, you just Tap them to say I'm here yeah. that generally doesn't get a sanction if you push a rider and the key is you gotta I think what you gotta do is get the helicopter shot you then get a freeze frame you get a, um, a protractor or a triangle from for maths a compass you then gotta calculate and if the arm goes past 90 degrees and becomes <laughs> an obtuse angle in the, in the inside of the elbow sanction but if the arm remains at an acute angle no sanction that's the rule i just made up uh and i think that's how i do it
0: does that not make that you can elbow people
1: yeah why not happens all the time
0: <laughs> anyway anyway that discussion aside great sprint in general i think from the, the situation we were on and like you said when it comes to cavendish this was his opportunity because with about 1.5 kilometers ago, he was so perfectly on that Trek Segafredo train when they moved on left side of the road, and he was still on Peterson's wheel in the final stretch and basically got a lead out by Peterson. but yeah. even when Cavendish launched, I felt like this was early, because Peterson launched that early that Cavendish launching from his wheel felt early as well, for some reason,
1: but in Cab the end, he just wasn't enough. good
0: enough. Yeah, okay, we just said the same thing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ackerman wins ahead of Milan, Cavendish third, Pedersen fourth. They worked a lot for Pedersen to come fourth today, actually. Uh, uh, Aldani fifth, Albanese sixth. They're two riders. Aldani, Albanese, Meyerhofer, Ballerini. Breakaway, boys. You're not not beating the other four. There was distance between them and the others. They can't hang with... On a pure bunch sprint like this, they can't hang with those other guys. Uh, Consoni ninth, Annamarit tenth, Bonifacio eleventh. Nice points for Intermarche. Just five uh, uh, points. Milan still in Ciclamino with a 36-point gap on Pedersen. Akabu moves up a fair few spots into fourth on 88 points. GC, everyone below Gagenhart moves up a spot. So I made it into third. He's 22 seconds behind Thomas and 20 seconds behind Roglic. It's uh, still about loss now, Benji. Yes. Gaginhardt so... out. Sivakov banged up plus is still on 236. are now out of the GC picture. Aronson's on 232. What's the game plan now? Honestly,
0: I'm starting to feel like the only potential game plan is trying to put pressure with Aronson and the plus, but I don't feel like it will have much of an effect on Yamba in the first place. I feel like Thomas being up front is putting them in a situation where they're going to be more defensive regardless of the situation they're in. Do they have a specific strategy they can use on the Kranz-Montana stage to get anything out of this situation? Well, Sivakov's banged up. Obviously, Gegenhardt is out of the race. Pucho's still in here, but except for like being in a breakaway and helping out a little bit, he's not going to have the major effect. He's kind of that type that just does the basic domestic work, I would say, for the team right now. So... What can you do with a with the a, a, a plus and an items one? Can you use them as a satellite riders? Well, they're so close that teams might close them in the first place and it might not necessarily be Yumbo doing it because other teams might be like, oh, we don't want this rider to fly past me. For example, a Dunbar in seventh position, head of items one and the plus. A Chemna in sixth position. bora might start pacing suddenly. UAE might start pacing suddenly if Almeida's position starts to be endangered by items 1 in the plus by like a few minutes. Because obviously if if they just surpass him, Almeida's probably pretty confident that he can beat them again by the end of the Giro. But I've got a feeling this might not change their strategy too much from what we've seen already. As in, this just prevents them from using the numerical advantage that they had with Thomas and Gegenhard, which they weren't using anyway.
1: I know. And when you think about Thomas, I like Thomas. I think he's great. His TT's great, but if you realistically look at how he's won dauphine Romandy or Swiss rather, he hasn't dropped everyone in the GC group in a race in five years since the Tour 2018. In no race has he dropped everybody. So against Roglic and Almeida... Well, I don't really see why that would Survival. change. Uh, it's yeah, all about, so it, that's it.
0: <clears throat> it's all about which GC rider survives, which GC rider's immunity for crashes and COVID remains the best, because it would not shock me if we see another one of these, of the ones in the top three right now, for example, Thomas Roglic and Almeida. One of them could, could still crash out COVID out the way this race is going, and I'm absolutely terrified of that, and I hope it does not happen, but... I somewhat feel like even riding defensively and just being careful when it comes to everything might lead you to a higher GC at this point.
1: Yeah, and he's, you can still podium. I mean, Lecknesson's still sitting in fourth, and that Caruso's yeah. on 128, Camden's in sixth, <laughs> on yeah, 152.
0: Gran Montana will change everything, eh? When it comes really? to the top 10, I think Lecknesson will be out. Oh, yeah, he'll drop. I expect. Kemna, I'm not sure about. I still believe that Kemna will be relatively up there. Are we sure
1: G will drop Kemna on? Because, like, on San Valentino and Tour of the Alps, it was a very similar stage. Kemna attack from the GC group, did good watts. In fact, better watts than Thomas has ever done for the 35 minute duration. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Kemna's a better climber. It's not what I'm saying, but. Yeah, but I he's don't not expect, looking bad. I don't expect Thomas to just drop Leonard Kemna and put a minute into him. Yeah. just on the first mountain stage. So the option is Benji, De Ploos and Aaronsman. You can try and do something with them. But
0: are we looking at the wrong team?
1: Because Caruso's on 128 for
0: Bahrain. Haig is on 258 of for Bahrain. Butrago's on 440 of... I feel like Butrago's the one that will go into breakaways and might just show up in the top top six, seven of GC suddenly on a mountain stage. And then maybe Hague goes in the next move. and. Bahrain might be the team that could actually like want to attack people.
1: And they're good downhill too. They, and Petrago's punchy. So that's another advantage they have against Thomas. I think as well, that they can attack uphill and downhill. They've got very good descenders throughout the team, as they showed yesterday. Carthy's on 322. I think he's going to come into the race once the mountains start. Pino. Agree. They were keeping him safe in the final. I think they're going to try and get him a top 10.
0: He can win GC at this point with the rate of people abandoning (laughs) his race.
1: (laughs) Mate, he's got that farm immunity. He's farm strong. (laughs) Can't get sick. It's not like our city boys. Yeah, (laughs) it's logical, because
0: for people that don't know, riders get sick often because of all the bacteria that fly into their face because of the cow feces. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and they're always traveling.
0: (laughs) Oh God, this fucking story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I think this is... (laughs) Hot take. This is a huge blow for Ineos. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, no <yeah>. shit. <laughs> I also, hopefully, Gagan Hart, I think it's a pretty serious injury. The yeah. initial reports I'm seeing, I won't speculate until Ineos tweet out what's actually happened, but I don't think for him to go down like that and not even try to get up, he yeah. must have been pretty banged up. So hopefully he's okay and he comes back at some point. Um, because he was looking in really almost career level shape, I think, and better than he was in the Giro twenty twenty. If you consider the time trial, so that's yes. a real shame, I think. For Roglic, it's a lot more simple because you just drop Thomas by twenty seconds every mountain stage in yep. theory, and then build a buffer before the TT. Almeida is the threat. Like jokes aside, Almeida should be ahead of Thomas right now in terms of danger because Thomas doesn't have the dual threat of Gagan Hart anymore. Almeida is a better pure climber than Thomas. There are stages that suit Almeida in the third week. There is no way that Thomas finishes in Catalonia on low port on 12 seconds from Remco and Roglic. I don't believe it. Um, now, I know Uran finished on 44 seconds, so it was, it was peak conditions. But I, I think Almeida's a better climber um, on steeper but of stuff. of course,
0: Portugal's only rising from this point onwards, my friend. Almeida's going to win the Giro. Oh, we said it at the start, and we're going to say it
1: at the end of this race. Yeah. Almeida's winning everything. I think if Vine is all right, McNulty and co, they're a really dangerous team. They haven't really taken upon the race or like been bossing the front. But if UAE... Yeah, but- Get their shit together. They can be the best team in this race.
0: Yeah, but when does Almeida drop Roglic, and that's my one
1: issue. I mean, you hope he has a wobble. Yeah, the Rog wobble. You hope he has a wobble. The, the Rog wobble. That's the rogue a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, stage 12 from Brat to Rivoli. I think there's rain. It's about 17 degrees, but mainly cloudy in the afternoon. They do a climb in the outskirts of Turin. So, Turin is basically a western suburb from what I can see. No, sorry. Rivoli is a western suburb of Turin. And it's not that hard. It's a weird stage. Well, no, it's not a weird stage. Sorry. It's just more difficult than yesterday, uh, today. The initial. Phase first thirty six case is very hilly, mm-hmm. to me breakaway. Steep climbs too, like six k five percent. Flat plateau <laughs> after that climbing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Six k five percent steep climbs. It's like it's a it's steep enough that I mean, I, I mean, half the peloton got shelled on four percent today. Four k four percent. That's what, everyone's so cooked <laughs> that if people really put the hammer down on that. <laughs> they get dropped. Anyway, yeah. Valley, then they do the Collier Breida, which is 10Ks, 6%. The last 5Ks, though, are 8.3%. Cav, Milan, no chance, because the descent after that to the finish is only 19Ks with another little bump in the running. I think this is absolutely nailed on breakaway. Like, Bling should be in the break tomorrow. Yes. I mean, oh, no, that's... I mean... Yes, But the talk buddy. Should he?
0: The marquee or matches. The marquee has the issue that he can't win if he comes out of the climb with someone else, though. And as the issue he's had twice, so maybe they realize they need to put someone in there with an actual sprint.
1: Yeah, but if, if they pace with Zana and they catch the break, surely Pedersen and every other sprinter drops.
0: Yeah, right? but where's the incentive for... Then you'd almost need to... Get all the other sprint teams to pace before that climb
1: to make it happen. And they they shouldn't do it. They really shouldn't do it. I don't see... Movistar won't help again. Alperson won't help. Trek... I mean, Trek... It really depends on Trek. If they help Jayco, maybe it's a bunch sprint or Mm -hmm. a very, very reduced sprint. In which case, I think... I really think Trek should not do that. They should put Molymer in the breakaway. Yeah. Um, and Gabregs Gabir. I'd love to see him get another Squins. chance. <coughs> and, uh, it's break, right?
0: I think this is a lot more obvious break for me personally compared to yesterday. Yesterday, I uh, kind of felt like the 4% grains were tiny bit too low, but even with this, this final climb on this one, is steep enough for a break to definitely be the decision, I would say. And there's loads of riders that can be in the break, right? And I'm once again looking at in Israel as well to put someone in there. Maybe a Berwick, maybe a, a, a yes, Clark. Yes, get in the break. Is Clark still in the race? Yes, Clark is still yeah. in the race. So Simon Gee. Clark could once again be in, the, be in the breakaway. I'm guessing you're saying Derek G again this time. Every, every yeah. time I'm confused when you say G. <laughs> no, it's
1: a good one. Derek,
0: <laughs> Anthony Marche. Well, they they they've been beheaded by COVID, so I'm not sure how many riders they can put in the brake in the first place. Um, quick step, whatever, what what did they have left to put in the brake? Like a and Wilder. right? <laughs> they've got that, yeah, but I Ballarini, I don't see it. It's I don't see it, when it comes
1: he'll get dropped. I don't see
0: it. Yeah,
1: so Lacnyssund. Nice no, too close on GC, right?
0: A put it will be in the break. Either one of them is fine for me. So that's happening. Leknesund is too close, like you say, but Albanese is one of the names that I'm gonna shout yes. for there.
1: Yes. Albanese. Now I know he's K- the winner. I know Chemna's seventh on GC, Bora, but come on. Let's and Jungles in. you or Albanese for this one. I
0: I don't know, actually. McNuggets? It's not steep enough for me to say, obviously, Albanese will drop easily, so I'm going to go for Albanese.
1: He gets it right this time. He gets in the break. Brandon McNulty finally takes his Giro stage win. I like the start for him. I think he should do just full gas. Just explode La Mora. Hope create the break yourself or wait for it to happen and bridge to it. Either or, but attacking... Half attacking seven eight times that won't work. I don't think if he is in the break last five k's eight percent of that climb he gonna cook everybody. They <laughs> ain't got a chance of. being Nulty look good at the finish today. Uh, Verona, please, Movistar, please don't chase. Let let Verona in the breakaway. Uh, Bessyol and Healy, yeah, I like them of course. Who from? Ah, uh, uh, Velasco is nice from and. Velasco, Batistella, Scaroni, Astana should be in the break. It, it has to be a breakaway. Uh, we might also see, because the finish of this climb, let me have a look at the gradients. There is a 9%. It goes 9%, 9%, 7.6%, 9%, 6.3%. It's pretty hard. It's, it's Healy finished. territory. Fuck it. I'm switching. Sorry, Albanese. Yeah. It's Healy. All right. You go Healy. I'll go McNulty again. You'll okay. be right. I'll be wrong. Um, <laughs> we see a rock. No risk, no glory. Isn't this a similar thing? But
0: why does he need to do it on this stage when Kranz Montana? Why did he do it after? in the welter? Well, <laughs> <laughs> very good point. <laughs> the break was up the road. But I would have hoped he had already learned. And I, I, I heard that he's got like a solid advisor at Yambo Visma
1: now, a pretty, uh, pretty clever Australian that can tell him, "Don't, oh, don't no. do this, dude." The last two stages have been tedious. <laughs> I'll be telling them, "Come on." 2K9%, it's perfect. Send it. Technical (laughs) descent afterwards, bit wet. No one crashed on the descent in this (laughs) year. Give us something for the, let's talk about on the pod. Um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) Thomas also won't want to do that. I don't see the GC guys jumping. They'll be pretty, I think, reticent after the, the crashes of the last few days, understandably. And also stage 13 has the big, high mountain stage this week uh, even even though they don't go through the to the top of Grand San Bernardo Bernard, Grand San Bernardo I don't think that changes the stage too much frankly uh, so it's still a beast they have the next day but yeah I got McNulty again Benji's got Healy we think it's a break let's see if a sprint team's DS uh, decides to kill their riders I mean why not <laughs> Uh, maybe Pedersen in the break with Mollimer. Pedersen is a Tug buddy repaying Schuens and co. We've seen him do yep. that before, actually. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Thoughts with Tug, and Hart, and Oscar Rodriguez, and all the other riders abandoning with sickness. Um, and yeah, we'll see you the recap of Stage 12 tomorrow. Until then, ciao.